are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Garmer. Here with me as usual, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And joining us today, Mr. Randy Isbell. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Yes, always good to have you back. So we are going to talk about the whatever you want to call that, nothing burger, big news, not so big news from uh, Xbox yesterday uh, after they had their podcasts uh, and what they announced was actually happening, uh, some other teases that they made, and then some things that maybe if you're reading between the lines uh, might be happening in the future. Also, Sony made, or at least uh, Sony's uh, head uh, money guy, guy that's looking at things right now, Hiroki Totoki, made some interesting comments as well about them possibly doing some more with PC and how aggressive they could be with that. We're also going to be, we've been playing some games. I've been playing the new Banishers Ghost of New Eden. Uh, Mark's been uh, playing Persona 3 Reload, tried out that Pacific Drive demo, Regency Solitaire 2, some other things, Randy's been playing some games as well um and uh, some other uh, news happening aside from those things so we'll get all into that and more all right let's get uh, through this uh, pretty quickly here uh do some housekeeping uh if you are watching this live right now we do try to do this every friday around this time 12 uh 30 45 ish eastern time uh, you can watch live on Twitch at W2NL, or you can watch the live on YouTube, on Facebook, our Facebook, on Twitter, uh, all of that. It's there. You can go find it. Uh, we're also available later, of course, on demand on the W2 Network YouTube as well. And, you know, if you want to subscribe and follow, you like what you, you watch or hear, you can do that on the YouTube channel. And you get not only what we do here, but you get uh, all of our other stuff, which is also equally as great, the anime folks talking about all the new anime on Otaku Cafe. And, of course, you get Rallager Broadcasting. They cover pretty much everything that has to do with movies, entertainment, all of that. So anything that you know has to do with like new TV shows, new movies, they pretty much do a review pretty quickly. So uh, go check out what they do, too. And you can also listen on podcasts with your ears. You can do that on whatever podcast thing that you want to listen to. The show comes out a bit later. Uh, not instantly like here, but it does show up uh, pretty quickly. I do try to edit those. And you can just search video games to the match relative broadcasting, all Taco Cafe, find those shows, subscribe. Give us a review on whatever podcast thing that you listen to us on. That helps a lot. And yeah, appreciate everybody here. So Randy, thank you for joining us again. You can also check out Randy's uh, R&R Sports Report on YouTube. And you can also check out his new show, Bad Brackets, which I've been on once already, uh, talking video game controllers. Yeah. I did link it on the uh, description of the last episode. So, and then you, I forgot which the most recent one is. Uh, Super Bowl uh, moments is the most Super recent Bowl. one. Uh, 90 sitcoms coming out on Monday. Hey, there you go. See, um, I just watched this thing. Uh, National Geographic did rewind the 90s on Hulu. Mm-hmm. They had like 10 chapters again. They talked a lot about 90 sitcoms. So I'm sure all y'all have your favorites. Oh, there's sure there's a lot that. of yelling. There's a lot of yelling in that episode. Good, good. Stuff. It's it's good to have ones where you have a lot of yelling and funness there. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Maybe we're not going to hopefully not do as much yelling on uh, this show oh. here because we're about to get, I don't know, maybe Mark will, will surprise <laughs> me here and start yelling. I don't know. 
So let's get into this uh, Xbox podcast. They did drop it like a podcast. They didn't even do premiere. I thought they were going to do some kind of like, okay, we're going to show this like it's live or whatever. Maybe it's not. They didn't even do that. They just dropped it. And you're sitting there waiting for like five minutes after uh, three o'clock Eastern. Like, hey, where is this thing? You know, and it finally does appear. Uh, it was 22 minutes. You can go. Um, it's it's pretty quick to find. At least they didn't overly stay there. Welcome and talk forever. Mm-hmm. I guess let's just go over what they announced and then we can discuss it. They announced that it's only four games that are coming to other platforms, Nintendo and PlayStation. They did not name them on that show. Uh, Phil said that they have deals with uh, the partners have deals already in place. Uh, There was rumors already about a possible Nintendo direct that was going to occur yesterday. And that leads a lot of speculation to they probably just wanted to give Microsoft their platform to talk about this. And then Nintendo is going to do something next week. And then that's where you're going to get the announcements of what seems to be hi-fi rush Pentiment, sea of thieves and grounded because he mentions that there's two community driven live service games. And then he mentions there's two smaller games that were never meant to be these big franchises that sell your box or, or whatever uh, that they didn't, you know, mean to be these big first party games. Uh, and so they want them to have more life on other places. And then he says, for sure, neither one of them are Indiana Jones and Starfield. Uh, but he also later in a version of you does not shut the door on anything else not coming to those systems either. He says that they they can't with the way the industry is rightly say that nothing else is ever going to come to there. Uh, just right now, this is what we're doing. Basically, we're experimenting. What happens with those games will probably tell you what's going to happen later on. And they also announced that there is new hardware coming. Uh, once again, they probably are going to put their foot in their mouth with uh, Sarah Bond saying that this is going to be the most technological leap you're ever going to see when a console comes. They said this the last generation. This is not the, I mean, they can, I don't know how this is the most powerful system or whatever that's out there but it's really not uh so they've already said this once so i guess why not do it again uh try to uh get your shareholders to get all excited about your next box and your people that are that are xbox only people uh as well they did mention that you're you don't have to worry about your digital library and all of that stuff that's going to continue happening uh they kind of shut the door on the whole there's going to be any more ports coming besides the ones that are already there um, because it's very hard on console licenses and all that stuff. They didn't talk about physical, but I mean, we can get into that. And then uh, also that they're going to give some kind of update on hardware this fall. So some kind of mid-gen thing, uh, maybe the leaked one that we saw that looks like a trash can receptacle or some other one. I guess we'll see when that happens. And they're going to do the summer showcase again in June. So I guess, Mark, I'll come to you here. Do you feel any different than you did the last week after we did the episode about what they said or didn't say on that podcast? Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, I think three of those games make sense. Pentiment, Hi-Fi Rush, and uh, Sea of Thieves. Grounded is kind of the weird one because who cares? <laughs> like they don't have – like it's not popular like Sea of Thieves, and it hasn't been popular for years. So that's odd. And the trash – like – well, the one thing that is going to make the uh, the new Xbox really be the big powerhouse is Connect 
going to finally bring that back and do it right this time. Right. The the one thing I forgot to mention is they did mention day one Game Pass will continue. All of their games were releasing Game Pass, even the Activision Blizzard ones and also Diablo 4 is coming on March 28th to Game Pass. And they did announce that there's 34 million subscribers now. Of course, it looks like about 9 million of those are the people that they basically forced over from uh, having Xbox Live Gold into the Game Pass core, which... You know, theirs is a little bit different from what PS Plus does. PS Plus did the same thing. They forced everybody over. But you only get the monthly games and then online. At least Game Pass gives you more games than the ones that you get from just PS Plus. And you're paying the same price at $10. And it only costs a dollar to upgrade to regular Game Pass. Whereas the PS Plus to upgrade to extra costs like five more dollars. So anywhere from four to five. But of course, you are getting a lot more games there. So it is what it is. We'll have to see what happens if uh, Sarah Bond has to wind up coming out and saying that the uh, people that are on that first tier Game Pass don't get Diablo 4, but we'll we'll see what happens there. But Randy, any thought on like what was announced? Do you, If you're an Xbox-only owner, do you feel better about this? Or are they just delaying the inevitable? Or what do you think? Well, if I'm an Xbox-only owner, do I feel better than I did six months ago? Or... After the internet overreacted, after the internet exploded, right? over right? this the is rumors. the whole reason. Yeah. If, this is the whole reason they're having this, right? Because he yes. mentioned at the beginning they weren't planning to do this, and then they look very uncomfortable at times talking about this. Also, yeah, they like, wanted. Yeah. They, well, they said they wanted. They were planning on doing this, and they were working on it since December or whatever. And then they had to change the format a little bit because the internet exploded over nothing. I. Yeah. And that's what I, I laughed so much about all of this. You and I talked about it before I was able to watch it. And then I was able to watch it last night and looked at some different reactions and stuff. And everyone's like, well, that was nothing. Well, what did you expect? It was never supposed to be anything. It was just their like late winter, early spring update on stuff. Now that the Activision Blizzard stuff is getting closer to being completely wrapped up and everything is starting to fall into place. And that's all they were going to do. And then the internet exploded. They're like, oh my God, everything on Xbox is going to PlayStation and we're going to lose our libraries. And all and they're like, no. It was like, so now everyone's upset because nothing happened. Well, nothing was ever going to happen, but the internet just threw all these rumors out. And so Xbox, of course, has to like respond and go, hey, just chill. Everything's fine. We're testing the waters with some stuff. Sony's testing the waters, as we'll talk about later, with, with more games going to PC and trying different things. And yes, exclusivity is changing. It is the way of the world, unless you're Nintendo, because they continue to live in their own world. But I, I think companies are understanding. You put it on your system first, and then after a year or a little bit later when it's, all right, hey, a sequel's getting ready to come out. You put the old one on other consoles, you, you test the waters there. You try to get a bigger fan base and go, hey, you like that? The second one will be on Xbox, day one on Game Pass. Or, like we've said, since Game Pass originated, hey, you could play, you could spend 70 bucks on Call of Duty, or you can come to Game Pass and play it for free. You just on your Game Pass subscription, and it's all going to work out. So that's what I loved about all of this. Everyone freaked out for a week and a half over rumors that were absolutely absurd. Xbox came out and said, those rumors are false. Here's what's really happening. And everyone's like, well, where's the big news? Why'd you do this podcast? There was no big reveals. There was no anything crazy. No, it was just calm down. Everything will be just fine. It's the internet makes me laugh sometimes. Yeah, I do see the uh, 
the whole there is still mixed messaging, right? There's still not concrete. Nobody came out and said, "Hey, this is just this force." I mean, he did try to say that on the podcast, but then he kind of he'll does this a lot where he'll say one thing and then he'll go and talk on a something he thinks that a lot of people are not going to see because it's not on video or not on some kind of digital stream. And then he'll kind of say something else. And that's kind of been the issue sometimes with Phil when he's, it's great to hear him say these things, right? It's great to hear somebody talk because this business is so closed off so much, but sometimes he talks like too much. Right. And why are you going to say on the podcast? No, I don't want to mislead people and make them think that other things are coming. But then you go on the Verge's interview and you say, oh, but I can't really say it. There's never going to be nothing else coming well, either. But that's like, not, th those are two comments that do not contradict each other. Their plan right now are these four games. That's their plan. Their plan right now does not involve Starfield. It does not involve Indiana Jones. That statement is his own thing. Now on the verge, he's saying, but I can't say forever. That yeah. also can be true. In five years, could their game plan be different? 1,000% yes. So it's not. he's not going, well, it's only these four, absolutely these four. He never said that. They're, right. they're playing no, right I, now. I'm saying, and games. I agree with you, Randy. I'm saying, I think for the Xbox owner, that's yeah. what they want to hear, right? The, the Xbox owner that doesn't want to have to go anywhere, doesn't want to have to think about anything. They want all their stuff to always be on this thing. And that's what they got mad about, right? They don't want mm -hmm. the toys going over to somewhere else. You didn't get that because let's, I, I think there's some, I don't think the reports were totally wrong. I think what they did was Phil was around when the Xbox one came out and they know what happened with the Xbox one. We're trying to go too far in the future and nobody wants that. And they're not ready for it yet. And everybody right. goes, Oh, you know what? I'm selling my Xbox right now. I don't want this. If you slowly start putting games and every year you put maybe one, everybody starts getting used to it and yeah. it starts not being that big a deal. So maybe Starfield and Indiana Jones were being considered at one point and somebody goes, ah, wait a minute. Phil Phil's like, wait, wait, let's not jump the gun and put everything over there first. Let's do this, see what happens, and then we'll see who's right. Because I do think that there's people in Microsoft, this whole thing about there being a battle between Xbox people and Microsoft people, I think that really is oh, happening. Yeah. I think there's I people agree. saying, we want this right now. We want the money right now. And they're going, wait a minute, hold on. We're almost there. Let's, let's okay, you can have it. We're not going to put everything over there yet because it is going to disrespect the people that buy the box, right? It is going to disrespect people that are longtime console owners, as he says. Right, so I don't think it does, unless it's day one. Well, that's, it doesn't that's, disrespect anybody, right? But this is the point, right? Even if you do Indiana Jones like three months later, that's still kind of shitty. Like maybe a year later, all right, we can kind of deal with it. But I think if you're talking about people aren't, uh, I think people are not being so mad about the Sony thing right now because nobody's definitively said we're going to put this thing day and date, right? It's it's him saying, oh, we want to be more aggressive about PC. But he's never saying, oh, well, we're going to go from a year to this timeline. There's no timeline. He's just saying at some point, we're probably going to do more with PC. If you go and tell everybody, oh, Indiana Jones just came out, but two months, three months later, it's going to show up on PlayStation. People are going to get pissed. That's how yeah, it used like, to be. Right. 
exclusivity deals used to only be three months, didn't Tomb Raider? Like when Tomb no, Raider Tomb Raider had their for a whole year. Tomb Raider was was it a, a long year? Time. But, but still, yeah. there's been other ones that were were a few months. You get it here or whatever. Or how Call of Duty back in the day, you would have maps that would show up on PlayStation two months before right. Xbox. It's not a big deal. And yes, no. I'm coming as somebody who's a, a more of a PlayStation guy. And PlayStation is very not they're not Nintendo, but they're very tight knit about what they release, and they're barely sending stuff out to the PC years later. But nobody should be upset or feel like, oh, I I spent money on on this box, and now I don't need this box. You have Game Pass on your Xbox. Game Pass is never going to come to PlayStation, so right. that right there is a reason to get your box or get it on your computer or whatever. That that's their mo is to try to get everybody on game pass using these four games as a test is a perfect try of all right so like mark said grounded was not very popular on the xbox well maybe the switch community is going to really buy into it and they're really going to get into it let's give that a shot maybe playstation gets into it who knows obviously it did not work out i, I tried it it was it was not for me whatever but so why not just it's Far cheaper, just throw it out there on a, on another console, give it another try, and see how things go. Uh, sea of Thieves as as continue to grow as more content comes out. Hey, we'll give you the test stuff here on on PlayStation, but if you want the new content, then you have to come to Xbox. Right. I, th this stuff just revolves. Anybody that's out there going, oh my god, I can't believe so and so game might end up on a different console. I, I I'm screwed. Nobody bought an Xbox expecting indiana jones to be this great system seller so if three months I mean, after they, they are out, looking at it from that perspective like somebody that they're looking at bringing other people in indiana jones does have some cachet with people that are not uh gamers right yeah i guess yeah. but they're not those people that are not gamers yeah, the, don't the, care where like, they're playing it at those people are also like 40 and over so <laughs> well yeah that's true that's that's the problem with indiana jones like you know, let's say Blade is not exclusive, which it seems like it's not. Um, from all because I think if it was exclusive, they would have said something by now. That Blade has a sort of bigger chance because Marvel is more of in the zeitgeist right now than uh than say uh Indiana Jones. But you have a point, Randy. I don't have a problem with any of this stuff personally because I own all the systems, yeah. But I get it from the perspective of the people that all I own is an Xbox. I don't want to go buy a PC. I don't want to deal with the stuff that happens with the. But you don't have it, to. You know. So here's the oh, thing. Well, yeah. For those that only own an Xbox, if those games go to other systems, it doesn't mean they're not coming to Xbox. You still get your games. They're not. Now it's different if like Xbox bought Activision and went, we're going to come out with an exclusive PlayStation Call of Duty game that will not come to our own system then you can have a problem with it. But if right. you only own an Xbox, who cares where well, the but, other games go? So what about the, so I'm, I'm looking the perspective of, right, if I own an Xbox right now, it doesn't mean, but when I'm looking at anybody that wants to come into the ecosystem, the shorter the, you make the window, the more ability somebody has to wait. And therefore, why do I need to buy an Xbox if all of the games are going to eventually come to PlayStation two words. in game two, pass. three months or whatever? Game. That's it. That right. is the selling point. Yes, but Game Pass by itself can't sell. I don't think Game Pass by itself can sell the console. It's That's just me. Enough. But, and now they're trying to get the money for the games. 
their games have not been at the same level as Nintendo and, and PlayStation, and they understand that. That's why they went out and bought all these different companies. And then they tried to make them exclusive, and then they went, oh, wait, our, it's not making our, our user base go up, so now let's try to make money on these games. So that's what I also don't understand from gamers. It's, all we talk about every time I come on the show is layoffs. We're going to talk about more layoffs on this show. They talked about it at the Dice Awards. Layoffs, layoffs, layoffs. So now you want to hinder what a company can make on their game, which means more layoffs. Allow these companies to make as much money as possible. And I think that's what Phil Spencer and Microsoft are trying to do. All right. We've had them on Xbox. Let's try to continue their their growth and their revenue sharing and their revenue streaming so they can make another game and they don't have to lay off a third of their company after their game comes out. None of this is an issue to game i don't understand like if you're so worried about xbox dying because of this phil spencer said it they're not going to make a decision going i'm trying to kill my creation this is not yeah. vince mcmahon bringing the nwo into the wwe or vince mcmahon doing <laughs> other stuff behind the scenes it's none of this they're trying to do the best for their system and the other thing i just want to bring up and i want to get mark's point on this too because he and i collect games so he and i are a different aspect or a different group than a lot of people those people that are worried that their digital library is going to disappear and everyone was freaking out about this anybody care about their wii library all those old nintendo games they bought on their wii shop has anybody gone back and played any of those digital is super simple to download and play and it's easy access and then we forget all about it so if for whatever reason it ever did die, nobody's going to go back and play their Xbox 360 10 years from now. Chill, people. Like Everyone freaks out about stuff. You're never going to play them again. It's okay. <laughs> I, Mark, you are, you are, uh, you buy, I see you buy retro games all the time. You're on here talking about the retro game you just bought. Maybe yep. you don't necessarily open the box every time and play each one of those games, but what do you think about let's, they didn't talk about physical games at all here. So they're saying basically maybe we shouldn't expect that after Xbox series, your physical games will continue to work going forward, but your digital library will. Does that concern you at all? That uh yeah, somewhat because they I don't know if it's X I don't know if Xbox has really done that, but like Steam delists stuff or even delete stuff from libraries occasionally. Right. So that that's a worry. I'd much rather have a physical copy of a game like Spec Ops The Line, for example, that just got delisted a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever, that I can always play than hoping that, you know, the, the storefront will be up or the download service will be up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have a point in that. That is always why physical gaming is is good in that respect, uh, that even if they do something to make it to where you can't update the game anymore or you can't play it, while you're online, you could always put your system in offline mode and be able to continue to use it that way. But I think it is evident that Xbox is going fully digital. They already do a lot of the first per first party titles. The disc that's in the box is basically a, it's there for you to install the actual whole thing on the system and therefore it's really not doing anything. Um, but they're really the first ones, right? They, they're already, we've, we've talked about that they're, a lot of stores are removing, you know, there's uh, European stores that are removing them. I think them you're completely. forgetting about the Ouya. Yeah, the Ouya. 
But I mean, th- this is more of a push towards like everything. I mean, Nintendo seems to be like the one that because they have the cartridge and all of that, and and they make the deals with Walmart where you can buy the games ten bucks cheaper there and all that stuff. They seems to be kind of okay with continuing the things as Nintendo is continuing trying to continue the status quo as long as possible, right? They are they are cool with exclusives. They do not want to put anything on anybody else's box. They are living in their own world and they are uh benefiting from living in their own world because they're selling like hotcakes and they're fine. Right? We'll see what happens with the Switch 2, but they're also not spending as much on games as Xbox and Sony are, right? And like you said, sustainability, this is what this whole thing felt like to me. We are trying to continue to have Xbox exist for another 20 years or whatever. And this is the way. Sony may not do it right now, but they will get it eventually. And we're trying to open that door. We're hoping that by doing this, it shows the other companies that you can also do this and it doesn't hurt you. And uh, but, yeah. wh- why? Like, that's the big question. Like, they want it to happen, I guess. Or, you know, they want to be around for 20 years, but... They, they, of the four consoles they've made, only one of them has been a success, right? Stop or just admit defeat and just become, a, you know, the third party developer and publisher that people want. But they, he did admit defeat, they're not trying to fight with Sony and Nintendo on that same, uh, no, because pathway, this is him, right? This is him literally saying, like, we want Xbox to be around for 20 years, you just said 20 years, or whatever. So it's like, okay, just say fuck it and put Halo on PlayStation and shut it all down. The reason why they can't do that is because we just saw what happened, right? The two weeks of people going nuts and... Screw them. Like, those people didn't evangelize the console enough. They lost. Oh, well. (laughs) I don't know. I just saw... Killing your entire fan base to go as a third-party publisher doesn't... If Microsoft uh, just said, okay, we're shopping the Xbox, but we're putting Game Pass on PS5 and Switch, like, all right, fine. What if okay, but here's the thing: what if Sony and Nintendo say we don't care whether you don't make consoles anymore, we don't want Game Pass on our system well. at they, all. They, they right. can still become a third-party developer or you know, publisher, yeah, and sell their games to people who actually want them. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that's that's an interesting strategy. I just don't I can I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to they have the money to continue to do this. Number one, they could they can continue to make consoles. Uh, sell them at a loss or whatever the heck. Keep the that fan base happy. Make it the, still the entry point while they figure out everything else, right? Because it's not like internet is going to get any better for people in five years or three years even. It seems like the next console generation is coming really quick mm-hmm. in 2026, 2027. The internet's not going to be better for people by then. So the cloud is still not going to be the thing that they want it to be. So you, for next gen, you have to have a console. I don't know about five or ten years from now if it's it's going to be any better at that point or not. They may never get to realize that whole cloud future. We may never get to that point. Will everybody just have one PC that you put games in and everybody just becomes a publisher except for Nintendo? Maybe. Who knows? But I guess let's let's uh, try to put the Sony thing in here as well so we mm-hmm. kind of have a little bit more conversation on that. Sony's did wonderful sales wise. I'm not going to go through all the numbers. You guys can read that if that's your your thing. I don't think we need to spend 20 minutes on that. Uh, they sold well. 
The game sold well. They have 123 million active users. Uh, PS Plus is apparently dropping, very much like Game Pass uh, subs are dropping. Um, just because, you know, I think people are realizing that just subs in general is just, it's getting ridiculous for everything. Um, also, again, the whole PS Plus premium thing is is such a ripoff still. But um, that being said, they had to lower the forecast of their PS5 subs uh, from 25 million to 21. To be fair, all the forecasters were saying that apparently 25 million was always way too much for them to broadcast. Uh, so they're kind of having to come back to reality a little bit. Uh, Hell Divers 2 is doing amazing. It has uh, 200 something thousand uh, concurrence on Steam. Uh, my whole timeline is people enjoying Hell Divers. Uh, it's 40 bucks. And they did a great job with that. But it's also showing, I think, that the uh, Hiroki Toki is talking about our games are costing too much to make. We need to start being more mindful about how much we're spending in development when we make these games. And we need to figure out a way to continue to sell more of our games, more of our console. But our console sales may start declining because we're in the latter half of the generation. So therefore, we need to get more out of our games and we may be going to more aggressive towards PC feature. He doesn't give a timeline. He doesn't say, uh, I'm, I'm undoing what Herman Holst and Jim Ryan said. He just says that that's what I think we need to do. I've been sitting here with all of our teams. We have great teams. We love our teams. Uh, they, they are very motivated, all that stuff. But then he keeps talking about the money. He's a money man at the end of the day. Like he's, that's what he's focused on. Again, sustainability, right, of, the, of, the con, of, of gaming uh, moving forward. Um, Mark, we know what Jim Ryan said. Oh, it's a one, two, three years later, whatever. What if the PC, uh, games coming to PC gets, the, the, it gets smaller and smaller? What if we're talking about not just the live service games, but some of the single player games come day and date or two or three months later or whatever? Does uh, PlayStation fans need to start going crazy like uh, Xbox fans did all those years ago when when they first announced that? No, because you still need like about a, a two thousand dollar computer to run any PS4, or PS5 game. All right, at least. And also, like uh, PC gamers aren't the same as console gamers, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, Mr. Toki is realizing that, right? that PC gamers are not the same as console games. Uh, Randy, you're the PlayStation guy. What do you... Let's say that they did announce that they're going day and date with all of these games. Do, do we all... Do we all need... Everybody needs to start selling their PS5s tomorrow and, no. and uh, you know... Because Mark's 100% right. If I sold my PS5 right now, I could buy one component for the computer that I would need to be able to run yeah. these games yeah. at, at a good thing. And that's fine. Like... I, I'm I'm not going to go against what I was just saying about Xbox guys. As a PlayStation guy, put the games out there. Like I'm with Mark. PC is a different area than these consoles. Like day and date and Microsoft. Yeah, that's it would feel a bit weird, but maybe that's where the future goes. But as far as PC stuff goes, get it out there. I I do like that they do it in a more of a, a staggered way because then you possibly get somebody that, that does have a good PC and they play the game on your PlayStation. And then six months later, a year later, after all of the updates come out or whatever, or P 
people yeah, go, oh, you want to yeah, play like this that. game again? Then, all right, now the PC version's out there. Now we have all these ac accessibility options. You can mess around with all your 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 PC optimization stuff and, and all the DLCs in there, and you can do all this stuff. And then they buy it again. So, I mean, how, how, I see that all the time with, with like Final Fantasy VII. It's like, all right, I can't wait for the PC port to come out. So they, buy, they play it on the PlayStation, and then they buy it again on the PC, and they do that with all of these games. So I, I think that is the more optimized way. I mean, you can shorten that time for sure. But that that's the other thing where, once again, I've, I've brought it up many times. We, we talk about layoffs and we talk about issues in the industry. Everything got too ballooned. Right? Games take five to six to seven to eight to nine to ten years now to make. And that's if everything goes well. Things go wrong and then everything gets backed up. Naughty Dog, everyone's going, when's their next game going to come out? Well, it was supposed to be the the online game, and that's not happening now. So now who knows when the next Naughty Dog game comes out. <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> Gotta love it. Th thanks, Sean, for taking some of the heat off of me. Um, <laughs> but now companies are trying to figure out a way to make the money that, that, that they're trying to make to keep the people still employed. I forget the guy's name. I, I watched the end of the Dice Awards, uh, but one of the people for Baldur's Gate 3, when they won Game of the Year, I thought he said it beautifully. It's like everyone out there that's doing all these projections, your projections are wrong. You over-project things, and then we can't reach your projections, and then you cut people. And, and, and he hates to see mm -hmm. it, and I thought his speech was was fantastic. And that's the issue is their project, like, as you said, PlayStation way over-projected how many systems they were going to sell, and now they're cutting back, and and luckily, right now, they're trying to find different avenues to make up that money they projected instead of going, well, we're cutting 40% of Sony. Like, that's what we need to do. Let them figure out other ways to make money. Cut down on, on production costs. We don't need these over-the-top crazy AAA games that take five, six, seven years to make. Like, Go out and, and give the money to these guys that take... The, the smaller games that take two or three years and it's not as, mm -hmm. as costly go out and support those games. Show these companies. We're cool with that. Like once every so often you can give us a last of us part two, but like I want it. We, we like, well, I want you to come so up to your show. point, Randy. I think you make a good point just in that. Quick, I think before you, before you go us, on, I just all of us that love gaming, maybe we don't care. Right. But I do, mm -hmm. I do see the point of having, the big movie game, the big cinematic game, it does draw people in, right? But the if time. you want those games to continue, they need to make money somewhere. Right? I, I just want yeah. I just want to come on here one time where we don't have to talk about layoffs. No, I agree. I wish we didn't, but apparently Embracer's CEO has to go talk shit uh, also. So, you know, that we, it, we have to talk about it because this guy can't just shut up and not say anything. Um, it doesn't, I don't know how that even helps your shareholders to tell them that the people are basically who cares, they're just numbers. We got to get through it so we can make the business better. Like, yo, that you don't, you are apparently are, are not even human. You have no care about any of these people that you just laid off. You're just, you are the one that messed up. Actually, you should be the one resigning, uh, because you have a hand in why this damn deal with the Saudis didn't work. So why didn't you cut your, your pay? And 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 uh, and you know resign yourself instead of oh yeah we are cutting a bunch of people and who cares we have to do it because it makes our business better yo like man at least have some grace when you when you say something like at least Phil tried to have grace yesterday when he said it 
it still sounds terrible and obviously doesn't help the Sarah Bond, but it's basically like rah rah Xbox right after that. So that made it worse. But he tried to be graceful about it. Whatever, whatever the, the uh, Embracer CEO just did was Lars. absolutely horrid. Yeah. You know, so going beyond that, let's avoid more of these things by allowing and understanding that console gaming is changing and that it's okay if something goes to PC. It's okay if Xbox is seeing the window and they're not going to grow anymore and they got to figure out some other way to grow. And <laughs> Robert is, is always going to be on the conquer train. I don't yeah. know about that. Uh, if they haven't done Banjo-Kazooie yet, I'm pretty sure we're still not going to get conquered. Um, at this point, we might get Blinks the Time Sweeper, like uh, Mark always says, before we get conquered. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's the thing is, is uh, I think we just need to adapt as gamers. We need to understand that even though I'm not going to have the money for the PC, if we allow these people to have the game, enjoy it. Look at what Helldivers 2 is doing right now. Like, that's just making Helldivers 2 more popular. That's just making people talk about your game if you're Sony, right? Like, it, it's a franchise that was hardly known. You released it day and day and on PC. People are eating it up, getting a squad together, paying 40 bucks each time on Steam to play it or, or on PS5, whatever. And they're enjoying the game. And that's, at the end of the day, isn't that what you want? Like... You know, I, I get it if it, it ends up, like, hurting the dev time and, and whatever. And, like, you know, I've heard uh, Square Enix talk about this and, and other folks are saying that when we have to do the game for PS5 and then try to make it the best on PS5, a lot of times that's why you get those bad PC ports or whatever because they're focusing more on the one system than they are mm -hmm. on the PC, right? Uh, maybe that does show why you don't need to do everything day and date, but some things. It isn't bad, right? Um, but also, I guess something to discuss is they talked about no major franchises coming out this year until probably like after March 2025. So like no God of War, no Horizon, no Uncharted, no nothing like that. Um, Jeff Grubb does mention maybe we're going to get an Astro game. Please don't make it in VR only. Please, oh, please let other people that are not in VR that. enjoy this game. We loved Astro's Playroom. I think everybody that loved that game wants to see a bigger version of what that is without VR. Um, and, and some other ones. You know, we know the Concord game's coming and, and, and a few other things. Mark, is it a big deal that we're not having another Spider-Man, another Horizon and all that? No, because as the Sony guy said, you know, PS5 is already, is already over with, so kind <laughs> of the times. No, it, it's fine. Like, you don't need... Uh, every year doesn't need to be some blockbuster thing. Uh, it'd be nice, but I mean, Sony is going to have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That's all they right. need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's their big game, right? That, and it's also it's they coming don't... in two weeks. Ridiculous. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're not, there. but you know, it's uh, the only console to be on, or because yeah. the Steam or the Epic version will be at least a year, probably. Probably, yeah. Uh so they're good. And uh, it's not like Microsoft is going to blow it out of the water this year either. So, <laughs> no, probably not. And Nintendo, this looks like it's going to be a quiet year for them too. So, perfect for Sony because Nintendo's going to announce their Switch 2, and then that's feels like that's going to be it because, 
Like after March, there's like nothing, and they're not rushing to go do that. Nintendo Direct is supposed to be a partner direct. It's not even a like Nintendo's going to announce a uh, five other big amazing games that are coming. Like they're it seems like they're really trying to be quiet so that whenever they announce the Switch 2, they can just give you all the games that are gonna be on that thing and not have people waiting for the for what's still coming to the Switch One. Randy, uh, you're the Sony guy. I mean, does it bother you that we're not going to have some big blockbuster to look forward to aside from Rebirth? Or? God, I mean, of course you want what you would like games. Like, I'm still surprised a little bit that Ghost of Tsushima 2 is, has not even been announced. Curious where that is at. But do I need them? No. It's like, we talked about it last year. I don't have time to play a lot of games. I still have games from last year I'm trying to, to work myself yeah. through. So it's fine. I'm with Mark. Not every year has to be an over-the-top year. Last year was insane with the top level of, of quality of games that we've got all across all of the consoles. So if we have a slower year, which, by the way, anyone's like, oh, it's a slow year. Look at what these first three months have for us. Just because we don't know what's coming out after April, everyone is, is no longer doing the, hey, this is coming out in nine months. They're doing a lot more of the, hey, in two months, this comes out. Get excited now. And mm -hmm. they're doing the Nintendo approach. Like you say Nintendo has a quiet fall. It's because we haven't hit the summer direct yet. So we don't yeah. know what they're doing. Once we hit the summer direct, then we'll know what Nintendo's going to do in the fall. So just because right now, like the big titles haven't been announced and it doesn't look like Sony's going to have their own first party stuff. We're still going to have stuff to play in the fall. We're going to have stuff to play in the summer. And even if they're real, it's if I'm wrong and we have nothing to play in those, I, there's eight games that have come out in the last two months already of this year that have already hit my backlog that I would love to go back and actually play at some point. So I'm no, fine yeah, with a quieter yeah. year. I mean, and Rebirth's probably going to take like a whole month for oh, God. people. So like, <laughs> it, you know, that, that game's going to be huge. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about some of the huge games that have already come out here on the past few weeks. Uh, there's Dragon's Dogma 2 is going to be huge. There's other games mm -hmm. that are going to be taking up your time uh, in those months. So I think, you know, there it's not it's not the deluge of games that was last year, mm -hmm. but that's probably better. And also, I think we got to think about, like, a lot of those games that came out last year were delayed from years before because of COVID, right? Yeah. So at some point, we're going to hit that time where there's not this cavalcade of games and we're going to have a bigger uh, waiting time. And that's okay too. You know, um, yeah. people are starting to kind of have this, like you have the spring is the new fall where you have a lot of games released during that time period. Then you kind of have, okay, the summer we're expecting a lot of people go outside and do things. And then we're going to go back and ramp up for the fall again. Like it's yeah. that kind of, that's kind of normal. And, and um, I think I think for yeah. Sony, it got a little messed up with the Last of Us multiplayer game getting canceled. Yeah, that too. I think that was supposed to be their big fall game. And and credit to Sony, they didn't take another company and go, now you have to crunch because we need a game in October or November. Or I mean, so. to be fair, they also could have like waited to release that Last of Us Part Two remaster like later. They didn't have to do it in January. I mean, it's not like season two of The Last of Us is coming out tomorrow or whatever. Right. Like. That's on them as well. <laughs> they could have waited. Um, you know, but that that's they they know what they have. They know that mm -hmm. like they have other franchises out there. I think Nintendo also has that thing. They just had all their big games released. Much. Like, what else is there? I think at this point, Metroid Prime 4 is gonna be the big launch game, aside from maybe a 3D Mario that's been cooking there, but mm -hmm. like 
Metro Prime 4 has been so we haven't heard a word of it for so right. long that at this point, do we really need it to be like the last big hurrah of the Switch one? Not really, you know. Uh, we just had that with Zelda and Mario Wonder and all that stuff. So Nintendo is good. They're fine, you know. They're they're doing their thing. Um, yeah, so I think that's the, the takeaway. Uh, yes, Robert, it'd be cool if we did get a, a, a new Mario Galaxy. <coughs> still don't know why we don't have Mario Galaxy 2 on Switch. That still just mm. is weird to me that, mm. that that game did not come. But that being said, let's move to uh talking about we were talking about our games that we're playing let's talk about those games um here mark uh you've been playing that persona 3 reload finally or yeah i've been uh i think i'm in august okay you're you're pretty far yeah well yeah i just beat to like the fourth boss maybe fourth or fifth yeah uh yeah that game's it's somewhat antiquated uh but it's still fun like the social interaction stuff is like different from persona 5 and you can see like oh right this kind of sucks <laughs> but i can see why you imp- kept improving it <laughs> uh i mean but like why what don't you what do you feel like it's missing from persona 5 that it's like coming out afterwards uh i think that a lot of the characters in persona 3 are kind of lame uh like the gore uh the gourmet king this like fat food obsessed dude uh and like it, you don't like in Persona Five, like you pretty much immediately have a group of friends, and you know you're hanging out with them constantly. This game doesn't have that at all. It's it's kind of funny. Like the group barely seems to like like each other, uh, which is funny. <laughs> uh, like the gameplay is like the battle system is still good, uh, but yeah, how, like the first boss having a timer on it, which you you wiped on a few times. I I did it because I kind of knew what was going on. Or I knew it was going to be annoying, so I just went at it. Uh, or like the the Tartarus being all the same. All right, I get it. But having an environment, the same environment for fifteen levels, is kind of boring. <laughs> also, like there's not a ton of uh, places to build different stats, or like ways to build different stats. Uh, so I'm kind of having to follow like a hundred percent guide, even though I've kind of screwed it up occasion, like occasionally. Just because I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, that's kind of uh, what I've been doing too. I've been just using a guide, and uh, the, the guide I'm using is funny because it's like, oh, go to Tartarus and uh, grind it out for, to get forty thousand yen. It's like I ran uh-huh, through that place. Yeah. I, I ran through that place twice, and I barely got twenty thousand. Like, well, it's like, it's like you have to sort of manage the what you get in the Tartarus, and then when you sell all the items, you have to like get the equivalent of whatever it tells you. And I yeah. barely did it the first time. Like when I went through, I got to the point where I had no health uh, right. items or anything left. And yeah. then I was able to get to the level 22 or whatever that it gets you to. And yep. then, oh, it ends. Okay. So then when I sold everything, I barely had the 40,000 yen that it tells you to have. And I'm like, okay, I, I guess I made it through that one. And then it tells you the next one is like, oh, you got to get to floor 90 something and have 100,000. Yeah, hundred thousand yep. yen, and yep. I'm like, what? We're probably, using, <laughs> like, probably using the same power. Uh, yeah, exactly. Guide. We're both using the yeah. same guide. Yeah. So uh, I mean, there's really not that many out there, and they're also kind of like it's so we it it's it is interesting because they added that new feature for this one where if you press, uh, I mean, I'm playing on Game Pass, so like if you press the um the select button or whatever, 
you can see what people did during that day to kind of give you a hint of like what I mean you, they had that in Persona Five yeah. also, but yeah. Uh, but that wasn't in the original Persona no, no three. God, or, no. Do you feel no. like it's missing something for not having the the female protagonist or no? I think all those people, you know, it'd be nice if it was maybe like DLC late down the road, but they'd have to like rework a lot of that game for it to happen. I feel like it's definitely going to be, it's just like Persona 4 Golden. They're waiting to resell you this game again. They're they're going to put it in. Like, yeah. like that battle we have a Persona 5 World, should it count as a new uh, game for Game of the Year or whatever? We're going to be probably doing this again for, for Persona 3, whatever they call it. Um, and, and to your point, Robert, I also felt the same thing with Power World. I'm not huge on survival games. I did like it for a while, but then it did get to the point where I was like, okay, this is just kind of like we're playing with the Pokemon, but we're doing survival stuff. And it'd be cool if maybe Pokemon tried something like that, but it kind of, I got over it after a while. And it is interesting that while people are waiting for new content, they have dropped like two thirds of their their players right now. So, and also I think Helldivers coming out and, and really being in the zeitgeist as well has kind of helped with that too. But um, yeah, anything else you want to say about Persona? Uh, I still like it. I think I, still, I guess there's a good character. I, I just unlocked her pretty much. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, following this guide is just kind of annoying in spots. <laughs> Agree with you there. Um, anything else you've been? Uh, I've had a few demos, Steam demos. Uh, I tried that Pacific Drive demo, uh, which was weird. I didn't like my PS4 controller and the game does a kind of a bad job of telling you like what to do. Like it has a, it, it has like objectives, but it doesn't tell you like how to do them correctly. <laughs> Maybe that was just like, a demo problem, right? Uh, and I don't think you'll like it because it is a survival game. Yeah, like that's my issue with it. Is I watched that they released like a ten minute gameplay trailer with the devs talking about it, yeah. and it felt like they were in menus a ton, yeah. way more than playing the game because it's a lot of fixing your car. After you go out there, and if oh, yeah. you get stuck out there, then you'll lose your parts and whatever that you did. And it's like, man, yeah, like you said, it really does feel like it's more of a survival game with roguelike stuff than it is about the things. I mean, that's what are. I kind of expected. Like it seemed like you know, but I think people are gonna. It's gonna be like a we happy few situation where people are expecting one thing and it's not quite that, and unhappiness will follow. <laughs> I, this uh, has kind of been a big uh, a thing uh, Sony's been promoting a lot on the state of plays. Randy, do you have any interest in Pacific Drive at all? Or I don't think I remember ever seeing it, so I'm 100% not sure yet. <laughs> that's that's the uh, station wagon game. Station wagon in sci-fi areas or, you know. Yeah. Ap- apocalypse. Oh, that one. No, not really, no. Yeah. I remember it now just from this one image that popped up. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh... I also tried the Star Trucker game or the demo. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, you're driving, you know, a truck in space and it looks like a damn truck, which is hilarious. There's just like big rockets attached to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but good music, uh, you know, good atmosphere. It's a lot more involved than you would think because, like, you don't just have to like worry about fuel. You you, you have like systems you have to worry about. Like, oh, you have a power system and it controls a bunch of stuff, and you can, you know, it's like almost like the Jurassic Park 
uh, fuse box or, you know, they have to reset the system with that thing. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play that when it comes out fully. It, it was interesting. Well, I know and you've I, been, uh, having fun reading Sea Solitaire too, because I know reading Sea Solitaire was one of your. Yep. I got the full, I got the full version for beta testing. So yep. That's a lot of fun. Uh, is there anything as, different from the first game? That... No. <laughs> Okay. A, a different a different story and a slightly different ability like new abilities kind of but uh yeah it's pretty much what I would expect but same you know good stuff good story good solitaire action it's what you want uh I've been uh I got Banisher's Ghost of New Eden for review my first like actual proper review for this year um it's made by Focus Entertainment and Don't Nod so it's uh those folks you know Life is Strange all of that um it definitely has a story. It definitely has a story it wants to tell. It's set in like uh, the 1680s. So like, you know, basically 50 years before or after America colonized over here. Um, and basically it's a story of there's ghosts and you got to figure out why they're there. And you're the banisher. You're the one that this this town's been beset by this thing and you're trying to figure out why this happened and then you go and uh try to deal with the ghosts that are there and it there's a lot there's a lot of uh story decisions you got to make as in usual don't nod games uh so there's a, a lot of dialogue the, the the um the graphics are really great in this game for being a double a title um it's just the combat doesn't seem like it's you know the combat feels like it's just kind of there uh, I don't know if maybe I play it on something that's not normal difficulty. It gets harder, but it definitely feels like the the skulls or whatever that you're fighting are kind of just there to give you combat. Um, but I like exploring the that old setting, that old time setting. The the all the characters that you meet are kind of interesting to talk to, and and that story around it is very interesting. So I'm gonna keep trekking along i'm probably like four hours in and uh see how it goes but it kind of reminds me a little bit of a plague tale just you know you have more you're actually controlling the characters and everything too um and also you have the like interesting dynamics of the this is a not only a woman but a black woman in those times and you do get some of those interactions of uh hey you're not supposed to be here you're the servant what are you doing like you know and they actually have a warning for that as well um at the beginning of the game that like hey be aware they're going to talk about subjects that for that time were were not great um but i do like that they they do go there they give you that sense of that time that feeling of the time of okay they did have to deal with this kind of thing but they're actually here to help so you got to deal with the whole i'm actually trying to help you here why are you act, you know talking to me this way? um but yeah it's out for xbox ps5 pc so if anybody uh, once to try it, I think it's actually pretty good. Um, it is full price, so you know, be aware of that. Uh, Robert mentions that Skull and Bones is uh not a good game. Uh, si uh Scott is also uh watching this live, he, he's in play, he's actually reviewing the game, so I feel bad for him what he has to has to deal with playing this game because everybody I see online, uh, that game came out today, it had the open beta last week. Er the the words I see online are this game is boring, and that's not good. When 
when we just talked about last week how Evgy Mo came out and defended why that game is $70 because it's a quadruple A game, but then the, the things that you I, see on this game. I, I got uh, one for you. Remember five as, years uh, ago? Scott says, it's certainly an experience, <laughs> but it ain't a $70 experience. <laughs> <coughs> remember, uh, five, remember five years ago when they announced yeah. they were going to make a TV show based on it? They did? Yeah, 2019. No a female, way. A female-driven TV show. Like, or, you know, Bones? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's I, still coming, right? Now, I'm pretty sure that probably got canceled <laughs> quietly. <laughs> um, Randy, have you been playing anything? Uh, a lot of small stuff. been playing that Turnip Boy Robs a Bank or whatever was on, on Game Pass. I'm getting near the end of it. It's a very short game. Um, just rob a bank over and over, do a bunch of silly quests. It's it's silly fun. I'm having a lot of fun with that game. Uh, did that Silent Hill? Oh, the answer, or the message, or the yeah, the short card. message. I think is what it's called. It's fine. It's it's okay. It's free, which I mean, it's there. I know a lot of people try to compare it with PT. There are some PT aspects to it. I, the apartment building that you go through is is littered with stuff. Some of the dialogue is a bit weird, but it's a it's a nice little reminder of what Silent Hill is all about the psychological horror aspect of Silent Hill and I think this is better than the weird Twitch streaming TV show thing that they attempted to do so hopefully things are finally going in the right direction but again it's free if you want to try it's like two hours it's not the greatest thing in the world but and it's definitely no PT um I'll, I'll say that right now but it's all right it was fine uh, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy VII Remake, getting ready for Rebirth. Um, I'm probably three quarters of the way through it. I'm getting close to the end of it. I, I still love that game. It's it's so much fun. And especially now that I played the demo for the, or part of the first chapter of Rebirth, I've hit sections in Remake that, like, just already the connections that they're, they're making that I had forgotten about um is fantastic there's a scene that's straight in both of them that I, I literally hit on the same day when i played the demo and then was playing through remake so that's been a lot of fun so yeah just mostly a lot of small stuff and just uh preparing myself for what rebirth is about to be yes i also bet that even if we had 70 dollars for, mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> um have you noticed anything like different now that you're like going back and playing it after the you know, you're not, it's not like when it came out and we're all excited and whatever. Like I really going through those middle chapters, I forgot how much of a kind of a slog it feels like. Like it feels like those take forever. Yes. Compared to the beginning of the game, that feels like it's going on a speedy pace or whatever. Did, did you feel I, that too? Or? I'm hoping Rebirth goes away from it, but I do feel like they were worried about it being too short of a game. So they were adding a bunch of stuff. Actually, I just got through the train, the, the graveyard. I loved that segment playing through it again, but there are other segments in it. I, I'm just about to hit the second time you go through the sewers and I'm worried about it because I hated that segment when you go through it. I hated chasing time. that rat or whatever yeah. it is. Through so I, I, I'm just like about to, to hit that segment. The, the side quests are just as dumb as, as remember them. But, but yes, I, I have, there were definitely parts where it's like, it's so great. And then it kind of slows down a bit too much. 
And again, they were trying to turn an eight hour part of the original Final Fantasy game and turn it into 40 or 50 hours. This would have, it would have been perfect at like 30, like if they just would have tightened it up. And that's what I'm hoping for with Rebirth is they've tightened up a lot of that stuff, added in some open world aspects to, to add it into the, the game time. But I'm sure that this is going to be a long game for how much that they're going to hit in there. So I, I feel like they don't have to stretch things out as much as they needed to for the Midgar section because they're hitting so much stuff. But just playing that demo and the uh, memory of Nibelheim was two hours and we didn't even hit all of it in that demo makes me wonder just how much else is going to get stretched out. And I'm excited for it, but there's there could be some some lull moments in this. I'm not worried about that so much because they showed like a gazillion mini games here. <laughs> so <laughs> true. like there's going to be so much stuff to take up your time in that game besides yeah. uh the fact that they brought because they could have left Fort Condor in that intermission DLC and said, Oh, if you want to play that again, it's it you gotta play that. Like the fact that they took a step and actually made it to where you apparently can control the characters and they they have that like goofy little design in there and everything, like they really went far with making sure that you're gonna have all of these these mini games and things to do. So and then they added the like relationship stuff that wasn't in the original and yeah there's and, and the be... damn piano yeah, yeah people are already starting to figure that thing out i cannot wait for six months you can play now. like people actual songs on that thing it. it's just crazy yeah thing is in and it's just thrown in there yeah um i can't wait for that game and these two weeks cannot go by mm -hmm. uh quick I, enough i'll tell you right now i am not playing the second demo yeah that's okay. coming out next week for people the 21st yeah. So I, I've, I've, I've played yeah. enough. I'm ready for the 29th. Let's go. Like I, The only reason I played the first demo was because you could save your progress. And after I played it, I go, I'm replaying this part anyway. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's fine. So I don't, I don't yeah, need Yeah, because you'll have that continuation of what happens when it ends right there. So I'm ready. Um, plus, the, they'll improve the performance mode. Because uh, mm -hmm. I played it in quality mode just because I wanted to see what it looked like on, on the TV. But when I went back and played remake in uh, in performance, when I was, I turned it on and I was like, Oh, okay. I can see the blurry stuff that they're talking about and everything. Uh, hopefully it does get improved and it doesn't affect the actual game. Cause that's what sucked about 16. It got marred by the technical issues at first um, at the beginning. Hopefully there's not the technical issues with this game uh, for sure. With all the time that they've had on it. So moving back into talking about news here for a little bit pretty much everything else that has to do with news this week outside of the xbox stuff which it feels like everybody was basically just waiting for that uh this week is layoffs and companies canceling games and an unfortunate uh passing away of yoshitaka Muriyama. Due to illness complications. Of course, this is the uh, person that created the Suikoden series back in the 90s. He's uh, been helping Rabbit and Bear Studios with uh, the Ayuden Chronicles 100 Heroes that comes out in April. Um, and he's been, you know, big on that as well. And then, like, the fact that he, he passed and then he also, like, passed before the game even came out. It sucks. Like... He's the scenario writer for this game. And man, like the legacy leaves behind. It sucks uh seeing this yeah. friend pass away like that. I mean it's a shame, but 
it would have been nice if you could see. I hopefully Iden Chronicles actually you know good and because mm-hmm. Suikoden was always good but never got the popularity or the prestige right. it deserved. <laughs> Yeah, let's hope between this game and then the remasters or remakes, whatever that are coming from uh, remasters, but yeah, yeah, it's been nice uh, Konami some... themselves. It'd be nice if they uh, put in a, a memorial something for him, but they won't. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope they they do, but yeah, I, I can see where they they also don't. Um, Konami's like if you if you leave the company, you don't you no longer exist to us. It's like a Kojima. Yeah, I still want to know like what happened between them like that where it's like damn we can't even acknowledge that he really like did work on those games and we sat here and made a collection and everything <laughs> yeah for it and we're making another collection like it's just yeah um but uh sadly uh, moving on from that to Ben Namco due to not having an Elden Ring like game that propped up their entire sales for an entire year saw a huge drop in income from the last year who would have thought 96.5 percent drop in income and 88.9 percent drop in net sales um their dragon ball and one piece games yes good to hear that uh, one piece and dragon ball games are doing well at least uh armored core was popular but they canceled like five games and uh also said that they are going to now basically have a stricter policy when it comes to games. We're going to build an optimum and well-balanced title before they'll examine our developmental system carefully and strengthen that development with an emphasis on quality. Uh, so kind of similar to what Square Enix says they're trying to do. Not so much quantity, but more quality. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. Um, yes, I agree. Less anime arena fighters. Please stop making every anime game that you make that isn't One Piece uh, or Dragon Ball a arena fighter. We don't need that. I'm sure people would love to have their favorite anime franchise explored in a different way. Uh, oh, man. And, forget, yeah. forget, forget that. They need a double down to make Jump Force 2. Oh, God. Please, let's not mention that game ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah, Naruto didn't save them either, apparently. Um, so... What's and, funny is like Elden Ring was still like I think one of the top twenty best selling games of last year. Yeah, I mean it shows how much Elden Ring was amazing, and then obviously people are getting ready for the DLC that's going to come out uh, this year. You'd presume so that would help them whenever that DLC does come. But for now, that's that's kind of what they're dealing with. Um, I mean, the problem and, last yeah. year is they only released like two games, or yeah. you know, some Naruto game, you know, Armored Core Six, and the One Piece one, game. One Piece, and then the other one, uh, Tales of Symphonia Remastered. It's like, yeah. yeah. That didn't do that. No, and then no. they had the uh, that DLC for for Tales, but I think that didn't do that hot either. Yeah. Because so, it came out too uh, late. I mean, that's a problem. And if you haven't played the Tales of Arise, both of those games, th- that game is coming to Game Pass and PS Plus, by the way, uh, on the 20th. So get ready if you haven't played that. Uh I, I'm sure you don't have time for it, Randy, but it's one to check out. Not, not Final Fantasy yeah. is gonna take up all my time. Skip Final <laughs> Fantasy, play play a good game instead. No. <laughs> I, I'll play my garbage. <laughs> um, and first, we have to talk about Embracer again. I, I already talked about the terrible comments that their CEO made today that was really unnecessary, and he really should have kept his mouth shut. Um, 
But they announced basically that, and I'm not talking about Lars Wingford, by the way, I should have mentioned. But he also talks about basically that even though they've already cut 1,387 jobs, uh, that they're in the final stretch. But more cuts are coming or could be coming or probably are coming and that we're probably going to hear about them at some point. Um, other, you know, those studios may talk about that before we, you know, we announce it ourselves, but basically get ready because more are coming. The terrible case for a company. And they've also canceled 29 projects. Ugh. Not great. Yeah, that's, gonna uh, they, that's that's going to work well, and they have to put stuff out when they don't have anything. So to start, they had 153 unannounced games in development across their internal studios. By the time the third quarter ended in December, they were down to 124. That's a lot. Um, and also, that's a lot of damn games. Period. Anyway, but Randy, I mean, this is just another sad case of this company. Just... I am so tired of this goddamn company. I, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I can't stand it. And yes, it is. It's uh, we all saw it coming when they were like eating up all these different companies, and it's like this is not going to end well. And yes, it is. It's it's getting worse and worse. More and more layoffs are happening. They're like, well, we gotta get all these games out and make all this money. And and I don't think Embracer Group ever realized like how much money it takes to make games. And how long it takes before you can see any of that money back. And now they're canceling them. And I mean, they're never going to see any money from it. And it's just... I Plus, they made, a, they made a lot of bad decisions or like bad, you know, bets. You know, Saints Row or Destroy All Humans. It's like, really? You expect this to yeah. make money? Like all, all the remasters that they decided to just, hey, let's make this again so we can make a new game and then the remaster doesn't do that well and it's like okay well we're not going to make the new game now and you got everybody excited for nothing and then yeah. it just uh, double a games can work you just got to have the right people behind them and mm -hmm. this is not the publisher you want i mean uh i watched like an hour and a half the Dice Awards before I fell asleep because it came on at like 11 o'clock Eastern over here. For Randy, that's not that big a deal. It came on at 8 p.m. over there. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, Greg Greg Miller made a, a joke about the two things you don't want to hear are the Internet's mad and the Embracer group is because, you know, you're going to get laid off basically. And it's like, or or your, your game's not going to turn out well. And it's like, man, uh, just... It sucks. It sucks to to hear with this company. It's just I, I don't even want to know what we're going to be talking about in all these weeks that are happening uh, with them talking about more stuff is coming because whenever we do finally get to the light at the end of the tunnel, what's going to be left? You know, like you already. Well, it'll be the companies that are still have a confirmed deal like Eidos or I mean, not Eidos, but Crystal Dynamics and yeah. Idos Montreal, and that'll be about it. <laughs> or something Lord of the Rings related because they have to use the property because it's the only thing that they have left. That yeah, because that last game was was stellar, wasn't it? Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, and then even that they sold off the rights to Amazon. They had to sell off the rights to Amazon for the Tomb Raider stuff as well, so just to make money. So, yeah, not great. Uh, another not great thing: Disco Elysium's uh, developer and maker ZA uh I forgot how you say this this name honestly uh 
Zom or ZA slash UM, they've canceled what was supposed to be an expansion to Disco Elysium, uh, a game that I know uh, Jens liked a lot, and uh, many people did. This was like a under the radar hit the year it came out. No, it's they pretty, actually, it was what? a big hit. <laughs> yeah, it's a big. I mean, well, but like. It was like one of those you don't see coming. Like this game came out and it was like, oh crap, wow. Like Baldur's Gate before we got Baldur's Gate 3. Like this was like that, you know? Um, they actually canceled the sequel already. They were going to do an expansion and now they have to cancel the expansion and now they're going to have to lay off uh, the people that were working on Codename X7, unfortunately. Uh, you know, they went through that whole thing with the. Uh, the game director and the art director going at it about who owns the rights to their company and all that stuff. And they just have not ever since like after the success of Disco Elysium, just it's sad to see what has happened to this company. Um, instead of going from success to success, they go from just worse to worse, unfortunately. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's not, uh, I think the farthest away we can get from mentioning Gollum, probably a, a good thing at this point when it comes to Lord of the Rings. But um, yeah, like it sucks. It sucks to see this for again a, de a dev that we thought was promising, really to to what's been happening here with them. So yeah, sucks. Um, but on a good note, speaking of franchises uh, continuing things, there is going to be. Uh, another Star Wars game, and Respawn is making it, so already get excited about that, because we know what Respawn does with Star Wars games. They just make hits uh, with those. They're making a Mandalorian uh, Star Wars game. Does that already get you excited, Randy? We're getting a Mandalorian Star Wars game? Nah, I'll wait. I'll wait. And... <laughs> I, I want a Baby Yoda game first. It'll be funny <laughs> if they, it'll be funny if they can't get Pedro Pascal to do the voice. Uh, I mean... They got the money. <laughs> it's uh, it's EA. I mean, There's no this game could work because wasn't that Star Wars 13 13? What the fuck it was called? Uh, yeah, it was the, it was the about... Bubba Tech game just mm -hmm. for you paint his helmet different, but like, here you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it could. And you know, Mandalorian is still one of the ones that, uh, as Scott says, Star Wars Titanfall, who knows? Yeah, could we have some elements of that in there? I mean. If there's a series that you say you're making a game about that and people automatically are just as excited as you talk about Mandalorian and, and people are, are there for that. Um, and Star Wars Outlaws looks amazing, and that's Ubisoft doing it. So imagine Respawn getting to do this kind of thing. Uh, and we already saw what what they can do with uh, their own single-player thing. So I'm down with this. Uh, give me more, please. Even if Pedro Pascal's not doing I, the voice. I would theoretically be down, but there is a long, long cemetery of abandoned or announced Star Wars games that never came out. <laughs> yeah. So we'll yeah. see if it actually happens. <laughs> and you have to wonder with them announcing it now, how far into development they are. I mean, how long is Mandalorian going to go on Disney? So if this isn't coming out for another four years, Mandalorian ends on, on Disney Plus. Does anybody care about a Mandalorian game at that point? I think so. I think there's going to, it's another way to continue that, you know, um, and uh, hey, if this does well and it doesn't have anything to do with, it's a separate story from the Mandalorian that's on Disney Plus, maybe that's a way to continue this as well, you know, beyond that. So, yeah, I'm still surprised we they haven't tried to come up with a Star Wars Jedi 
show on Disney Plus. I wonder. The only the only thing I can think of is maybe that dude just doesn't want to do it. Maybe, or they don't want to spend the budget. Yeah. To do it because they already have Ahsoka, Mandalorian, uh, and, Andor. And, yeah. So adding another one is they might feel like, especially with them doing cost cutting right now. Uh, but I wonder if that was ever a thought at some point for them. Uh, it should have been. They should have said, fuck the uh, Ahsoka show. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people liked Ahsoka. You, did you watch it, Randy? Or? No. No, you didn't? You're better um, off. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, I just said you're better off for not watching it. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on the X-Men 97 trailer? That I saw when I watched the trailer. I need to. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I think the art style was a little little funky in spots. Uh, they definitely like de-emphasized uh, like Rogue's ass is always a problem, and some of the voice acting looked a li- sounded a little little weird as well. Even from, like, yeah, the- I mean yeah. that's and you know you can say like oh it's you know it's been twenty five years or whatever. Right. But, yeah, I guess, but you know maybe maybe recast them then. <laughs> yeah. It- I don't. But, I wouldn't expect everything to sound just like it did back then. It's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. But as long I'll as I get it. the spirit of the show, I'm good. You know. Yeah. It looked uh, a lot more anime though, which I'm not 100 percent a fan of. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they went that route, considering you know Disney isn't always the biggest fan of anime. But yeah, yeah, that is is kind of interesting to think about too on that front. Uh, one last thing here that just also along with the Mandalorian news that got announced like pretty much right before we did the show. This hasn't been like once again, we're going with this idea of Nintendo doesn't when is Nintendo going to announce a Switch 2? Is it going to be this year? Is it coming out this year? Is it coming out in 2025? Uh, another report already, and VUC's saying that they. Can't confirm it themselves, but they're putting it out there um, that there's talk of Nintendo might have the Switch 2 come out in 2025 and not this year. Randy, where do you sit on like when Switch should come out? Do you think we need it now? I mean, or do you think we can wait another year for Switch when they're ready, they're ready. I th- I think a lot of it is they they want to do what they did with the Switch and have a really banger first year for it. I mean, you go back and look at what the the Switch lineup was that very first year, and you started it with Zelda, and you later on that year had a new Mario, and I think that's what they're trying to set up here. And maybe they're waiting for Metroid to finally get ready to be a launch game and have that 3D Mario that you were talking about is also in that year. I would not be surprised if it got announced this fall. We saw a bigger teaser around the Game Awards, maybe not at the Game Awards, but around that time. And then it, just like the Switch, it came out. It comes out in the spring. That that is my belief, um, especially because we're, we're getting farther and farther, you know, into this year already, and we still haven't gotten any announcement. Usually, Nintendo, what it was five six months after they announced the Switch, it came out. So. We're getting, yeah, it was. Uh, we're getting down there as far in, as timing goes. Exactly. Yeah, it came out of the that initial trailer that shocked us all came out in October, and then March is when the system came out. So you would that is around that time, right? They could they could potentially announce it. the The, the original thought was that 
the reason why they're having this partner direct in February is that they're waiting for March, maybe like right before Princess Peach is going to come out, which is like their last like big game that they mm-hmm. have announced. Um, and then announce that they're doing officially the Switch 2 or whatever it is. And then maybe you kick the can down the line to June or July where you're going to say, okay, th- we're doing the announcement. Uh, this is what it is. Here's the reveal, whatever. And then come out in the fall. But yeah, I'm with you. I'd much rather you have that killer lineup of a year launch again, like you did last time, where every month you had something awesome to come out. Uh, and you're talking about Switch that entire year instead of, oh, well, we know 3D Mario's coming. We know Metroid Prime 4 is coming, and then who knows what else uh, Nintendo has cooking there. I'm not in a rush for it to come out this fall. I know there are people that are – I just had a – you know, our friend Gary, uh, Randy, he he asked me, you know, I want to buy a a Switch for my my kids. And I told him, hold off. Don't buy it because the Switch 2 is going to get announced. Uh, and it's most likely going to be backwards compatible with the Switch One, which that also that report has also come out that it looks like it will be co- compatible. Um, so you can buy the Switch One games, but you have the Switch Two. He's like, man, I hope it gets announced this year because he wanted to buy it for him for Christmas, 2024. So I do see that in that you'll miss that Christmas window if you wait until next year. But yeah, I I, I think it depends on if Nintendo thinks that they. There's going to be dropping in sales, and they really need to announce it. Then go ahead. But uh, Mark, I mean, the is it a big deal if it doesn't come out this year? Yeah, it won't be this year because uh, it's too. It's already kind of too late. Because even if they announced it in spring, it'd be out yeah. like the fall, and then you know the Christmas rush would just decimate it. So yeah, next year it'll be, it'll come out in the spring, and that'll give them enough time to play catch up with like making the damn thing. Yeah, especially also if you're if if the the timeline is still there that PlayStation and Xbox are going to release their mid gen things in the fall. Why are you going to release your new Switch thing that's going to be even further uh, down on the graphics front, uh, right along with them, and then have like everything instead of releasing in the spring where you could have your own window? Yeah. So you know, I would have told your friend. I would have told your friend also just buy a Switch now because you know. 200 bucks, 250 for like a used one. I mean, if you want to get that, yeah, but I mean, he's not going to buy something used. He's, he's going to buy it. He's, he's probably going to buy the OLED. And if you're going to spend 350 on the OLED, wait till the new one comes out. It's 50 bucks more and you get the new one. You don't have to worry about. Um, At the time, also, we didn't know that the Switch, there were still the rumors about, well, maybe Switch 2 is not going to be backwards compatible. So I told him, you might want to wait because if you buy Switch 1 and then Switch 2 gets announced, and they say it's not that compatible, and you have a system that you're buying games for that's not going to be in use anymore after. So, um, yeah, I, I do think there are a bunch of Nintendo fans that want it to come out sooner rather than later, but I, I think it's not the worst thing if it does uh, wait till the spring for sure. So, uh, unless anybody has anything else they want to talk about here, I think that's it for this episode. Um, there is some things coming out between before we get to rebirth uh 
the that played up game is on Game Pass. It came out yesterday. It's basically like a co-op version of Overcooked. So or even like it's like an online co-op version of Overcooked, kind of, but um, with you know not as cool graphics, I guess. And the Mario vs. Donkey Kong game, which seems like it's fine. Yeah, um, it look like it's played the the four level demo. It's you fine. did. How's yeah, that? It's, it's fine. It, like you said, it doesn't show you any of the two new worlds that that are in there, but it's a graphical update of a of an older game, and it was fine. Uh, it's not fifty dollars worth of fine, but yes, true. Um, Skull and Bones, which we've already heard from Scott, who's reviewing the game, is not seventy dollars worth of fun, but it's it is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's something if you really are interested, maybe you go and uh, that's this one's great for Ubisoft Plus. Go spend your $18 and play it for a month and then unsubscribe. Uh, and then you know, maybe maybe Ubisoft won't. That That's the one thing that I, I, I'm sad about is that you it's that double edged sword that we're living in right now with gaming. In that, if this game fails, which it looks like it's most likely going to. Uh, there's people going to probably lose jobs over this. Um, I mean, that Ubisoft Shanghai office is going to close, let's be honest. Yeah, and it sucks to see, but you also don't want to reward the company and think that it's cool that we want them to keep making games like this because you kind of don't want them to, but then also that means they're probably going to rely even harder on Assassin's Creed and Far Cry and whatever. So, you know, uh, I guess you want new IP, but maybe not like this. Uh, one game that was getting a lot of buzz from the Steam Next Fest that's coming out uh, this week as well, Balotero. Uh, it's uh, like this cool like card game. Uh, people should go check that out, watch the trailer. Um, being seeing a lot of people saying that they're enjoying it. So And Nighting- Nightingale, which is that online survival game that, that kind of has a, a cool setting of its own so that's coming out on the 20th they keep moving up the release date i think they're trying to get a another game that's trying to get away from uh the rebirth stuff uh the last epoch is kind of like a diablo like it's coming out on the 21st so i don't know if that you're looking at that at all uh, mark i know you like those games no because i'm still focused on stuff after like persona 3 <laughs> yeah and then uh, you got Slave Zero X, which looks cool. It's uh, very bloody, very gory, uh, but it's one of those like side-scrolling like action titles. Uh, uh, I thought it was going to be based on Slave Zero. Forget this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Pacific Drive as well that Mark talked about. Though. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be out by the time we do the podcast next week. So for sure, people, if you're interested, there is a demo there like Mark talked about. How how sad are you, Randy, that they decided to release that Brothers Tale of Two Sons remake like the day before Rebirth? Yeah, it just gives me something to look forward to later. I don't yeah. have to play games the first day they come out, especially a game that it's a remake. Because like I already know yeah. the story, so I don't have to worry about spoilers. I'm that excited that they remade it. Bad timing. But all right. Um, yeah, that's going to be it for the show here. Uh Randy, thank you for being on. Yeah, no problem. Go check out Randy on the RNR Sports Report every week. Uh, go check out Bad Brackets. That's a really fun show uh, to go watch. If you're, you can go watch our video game controller one. Uh, for if you're yelling at me for an hour, that's just a fun show. Uh, so we're gonna have. There's gonna be a Pokemon one. 
Oh, pretty there's soon, a lot right? of yelling on that episode. So, yeah, I can. I put my. I gave you my my yeah. top four in the champion oh, already. There's like, going to be a lot of yelling on that one because Harry yeah. Broadhurst is on this episode and he knows nothing about Pokemon. Oh god! And it's going to be so. He's such a wild card for this episode. I can't yeah. wait for you and my son to just yell at him. That's that's going to be something else. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be people that be like, "Why did y'all only put do the 151? It's always been the 151. What's wrong with these people?" But hey, you know, you got to have other episodes of Bad Brackets. Yeah. There's so many Pokemon. You could do like five episodes spread it out. Bad Brackets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, make sure, you know, you can listen to the show on podcasts. Uh, go rate and review, all that stuff. Um, thank you, everybody, for watching, listening, and we'll see you all later. Later. Bye.